there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking... But I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to my travel podcast, Life's a Beach. Every week I invite a special guest to take us on a journey together to their favourite holiday destinations and to reveal their top travel tips and tales. My next guest tried to destroy my career on his live late night Channel 4 extravaganza, Late Night Lysit. No way, I'm uncancellable. Please put on your seatbelt and watch out for turbulence. It's Joe Lysit! Final boarding call for Joe Lysett. Final boarding call for Joe Lysett. Joe Lysett, can you come to the boarding gate? It's the boarding call for Joe Lysett. Joe Lysett, Joe Lysett. Thank you. Look who we've got on board. It's Joe Lysett. Hello there, love. How are you? Thank you for flying Alan Air. Why did you choose Alan Air? Well, I felt guilty because I last time I saw you, I tried to destroy your career. <laughs> oh, my God. Was it Richard Utry? Yeah, Richard. Well, I say I tried to ruin your career. My um, colleague, Richard Utry, tried to ruin your career. <laughs> I've decided to go with Alan Eyre just for this one occasion as a uh, an olive branch, shall we say. Can I just say, I was shitting myself when I did that because I didn't really know. And I never seen the script, did I? As they were coming. <laughs> and then I looked up and I saw Gary Glitter flash across the auto queue. I was like, here we go, Alan. It was, you know, I needed some time off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had Greg James do it, and he said he's never had it before where he's looked at an auto cue, and the next thing on it is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had so much fun. It's just great, isn't it? It's just got all that energy of probably before your time. You know the word where you just say, you just don't know 
what's going to happen. That's what we were sort of going for. The word is slightly before my time, but I, I, I'm aware of it. But the, the shows that I loved were those TFIs and the Big Breakfast and those sorts of shows where it was live and just mad stuff was happening. And I always, and just, you know, you, you really got the sense that people were coming up with stuff on the hoof, that a joke had been written that day and then they were trying it out. And I love those gigs when you're doing stand-up and people are just trying stuff out. That's my favourite. The early days, you know, when you before you actually go on the road with the tour, for me, that is the fun as well. You know, like the, you know, everyone's paid like five pound a ticket and you're just reading notes off a pad. Is this funny? Yeah. And I think it can be really, I find quite liberating because when you're in the tour mode, you can't really start mucking about. But it's fun yeah. back then, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You get really kind of stiff once you get into a tour. Not not in that way. Or well, sometimes on in that way, depending no, on how the tour is going. <laughs> now, Birmingham's having a bit of a moment, isn't it? You filmed it in is. Digbeth. You had Alice Hammond on the same show as me. Why is Birmingham yep. having, a, uh, having a moment? Well, I think it's sort of it's time, isn't it? You know, it's uh, we've had Manchester have its moment. Leeds has had a bit of uh, exposure. Liverpool's always getting stuff because of the Beatles, basically. And I feel like Birmingham has been overlooked. And so I think it's just a, it's about time, really. Then obviously we had the Commonwealth Games, which was great. But it was a, it was a, a schlep to, to get Channel 4 to do it here. And they, they sort of resisted because it's apparently very expensive to do stuff outside of London. But... I sort of don't care. I'm not paying the bills, so bring it here, please. Good for you. Well, listen, this is a travel podcast, right, love? So tell mm. us, where where did you go on holiday as a kid? So as a kid, we would normally do like a kind of all-inclusive, I think I can count maybe about four times we did this. We do an all-inclusive in like somewhere like Mallorca or... Uh, south of spain somewhere like that where there would be some sort of ch child-based activity that would keep me away from my parents and uh and so I would, I would have very little interaction with them whatsoever and now i think about it i feel like that's a damning indictment of my me as a child i'm taking that personally was you annoying annoying is probably the word actually yeah an irritant and i think i maintain that to this day actually i think i'm irritating to them in different ways now but I think I've, I've long been a thorn in those people, those guys' sides uh, quite happily. When you got older, did you ever have one of those holidays where you were like a complete slag and a slut? Did you do the Mykonos and the Sitges and stuff like that? I never did. I never got to that point because I did... Um, oh, you're still know... homosexual. Oh, you're, you're bisexual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a virgin. I've not, I've not seen another person's genitalia. I've not even seen my own. I keep it behind... Uh... Like Kenneth Williams' diary when he said, the only penis I've seen is my own in a cracked mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's me. No, I never did that. And then I've, I did. I was a voiceover on um, a show called Magaluf Weekender, and then I beat the Weekender, and I did that for a few years. And I sort of felt like vicariously I got that work, that life through these youngsters that I was ripping the shit out of, and um, didn't didn't feel like I needed to do it myself. I don't think I'm trying to think. I was never like that. We went on these like lads' holidays when I was kind of in my late teens um, with kind of lads that I went to school with, but they were all the ones kind of going out and shagging and I was the one sort of holding the bags. <laughs> oh, God. That's a bit like me, to be honest. I mean, I've never... Mm. I never... 
Yeah, I just never got lucky. I never got lucky. No, no, I didn't. I don't know. And also, I don't. I I didn't really care. Like, I'm not that like. I'm not that horny a person, and never have been. So it wasn't like I was in the club being like, I've got to fuck something. I was just in the club (laughs) going like, I've got to get. I've got to get fed. I'm tired. That was what I was always thinking. Because yeah, that's what used to piss me off when I watched these true crime documentaries. You see, like Dennis Nielsen, and like they were taking men home every night, and I'm like, he looks worse than me. <laughs> yeah. With NHS yeah. glasses, the grey hair, the you know piercing stare, and I'm like, well, what's he doing that I'm doing wrong? <laughs> Did you ever read um, Hunter S. Thompson's um, Hunter S. Thompson's uh, daily routine? No, what? <gasps> Let me find it because it is so good. This is uh, the a journalist that followed him round, and she wrote down an example routine. Of his day. 3 p.m. rise. 3.05 Shavaz Regal. I think that's how you pronounce it. The whiskey with morning papers, Dunhill cigarettes. 3.45 cocaine. 3.50 another glass of Shavaz, Dunhill. 4.05 first cup of coffee, Dunhill. 4.15 cocaine. 4.16 orange juice, Dunhill. 4.30 cocaine, 4.54 cocaine, 5.05 cocaine, 5.11 coffee, Dunhills, 5.30, more ice than the Shavas, 5.45 cocaine, 6, grass to take the edge off the day, 7.05, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch, Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone, which is a glass of shredded ice over which is poured three or four jiggers of Shavaz. 9pm, start snorting cocaine seriously. 10pm, 10pm, acid. (laughs) <laughs> 11 p.m. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass. 11:30, cocaine. Midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. <laughs> He's going to get awful acid reflux from that orange juice, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's the bit that worried me as well. Getting some Rennies. There's no mention of Rennies in there, is there? We could really stitch you up on this podcast because I could just say to you, so tell me, what's your holiday like? And then cut in that Hunter thing and just have you describe. <laughs> yes, I am always dropping acid at 10pm on holiday. <laughs> I'm afraid, Mr. S. Thompson, you are inebriated and off your tits and you cannot have anything off the trolley. No, neither can you, unicorn. You piss. Tell me somewhere that you've holidayed and you've gone, wow, I love it here. Italy's always that for me. I love Italy. What I love about Italy is it's uh, obviously they've nailed all the kind of main culture and food groups in terms of everything's beautiful. Everything's yep. delicious. The wine is crisp and gorgeous. And I went uh, to Gavi, which is a, a wine region where you get to the famous Gavi wine uh, with some friends yep. of mine who one of them was getting married and wanted to get his wine from Gavi. He was getting married in Italy. So we went to Gavi on a wine tasting thing. And it's one of the happiest, you know, when you just sort of acknowledge or, or clock in yourself, you go, I'm so happy right now. And I was on a vineyard holding a glass of crisp, dry white wine, overlooking kind of rolling fields of 
vineyards in this beautiful blue sky. And I was like, this is it. That's all I need. And uh, we went to this pasta restaurant, which the locals go to, and it's very simple. And all they sell is ravioli. And they said, do you want red wine, white wine or beer? And we were driving, so we said, oh, we're not drinking. And she said, no, no, sauce. So <laughs> I said red wine. And literally, it was a hot bowl of red wine that they just chucked some ravioli into. And I tell you what, it was delicious. It was so oh, wow. good. Have you ever had a holiday nightmare? Have you ever lost your luggage or anything like that? I've not, you know, I've not. Because I, I do travel, man. So I've, I, I've been very lucky thus far that that's not happened. To my knowledge, I don't, you know, I, I've not got any trauma about it. I'm not, I can't remember anyone saying your bag's gone. But I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it'll happen and it'll happen at the absolute worst time. But no, I've been quite fortunate, really. I went to Ghent recently now i really recommend ghent in brussels now i don't know if you've ever yeah. gone the eurostar and i'm not slagging off the eurostar what about that stupid bit where you go through you're at st pancras you go through british customs and then you have two steps and then you have the french customs oh and yeah like, what do they think you've done in those two steps like joined isis or bought a bazooka or something <laughs> i mean can't they just let you through? <laughs> I, as an experiment, I'd love to then join ISIS between those two and see if they clock it. How do you join ISIS? Is it like a sort of subscription service? Do you have to sort of pay a monthly fee? Yes, I cancelled mine. I didn't get the badge or the... Um... <laughs> <laughs> do you do travel, man? Is there any place that you're, you want to go to, you're gagging to go to? I've never done Tokyo or Japan, and I hear lots of very good things about that. Have you been to Japan? Yeah, I've been to Tokyo, and then I took the bullet train to, oh, was it Osaka? One of them's really new. Obviously, Tokyo's really new. That is like the future, but that is so mm. odd. We were looking for like a nightclub, and there was a, a woman, a robot, dancing in the window. We're like, oh, my God, let's go there. We turned out that it was a towel shop. But so, <laughs> no, no, nothing's really what it seems. <laughs> but then if you get the bullet train, you can get the really old stuff. So we went to Shogun's Palace and, you know, and it feels more authentic. Because it was really bombed, yes. wasn't it, in the war, Japan, um, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I... I just uh, basically I saw Lost in Translation when I was a kid, and I rewatched it recently, and I was less less enamoured with it. I feel like there's there's more problems in it than I slightly realised at the time, um, but it made me really want to go to Tokyo, and I never I never quite got round to it. The other place I've never been to is New York. Never done never done New York, and again that's because what? I loved watching Sex and the City, and really sort of considered myself to be a Carrie Bradshaw, and I thought I'm not going to go. Because it won't it won't meet my expectations, and I'll be sad there, and I'll be lonely, and so I've sort of resisted it for a long time. But everyone just tells me you've just got to go and have a nice time and soak it up. Is it is it's base? Is it the best one? Is it the best? Obviously, Birmingham's the best one. The best city, New York. Yeah. yeah. This never actually came to fruition. But me and Tom Allen, we both went to New York when we were twenty one. I left Northampton and he left Bromley and we said, we're off. You know, you know when your town's just not giving you camp enough and we're like, let's go to New York. And then I just went, I ended up just 
living in a hostel. Because you just imagine you're going to bump into Liza Minnelli on Broadway. Yeah. And she goes, hey, hey, kids, come with us. And he said he yeah. just ended up in a Starbucks in Times Square. It doesn't, it depends what you want. I'm sure there are bits of it. The movies have just intoxicated you with it. I mean, the only thing that'll happen with me, Sex and the City, where we're getting splashed by a bus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I feel like London's a bit like that. That I, because I've got friends in London, I have a good time. But I think if I was a tourist going there, I'd really struggle actually. And I don't think I, I because it, so much of it is sort of it closes so early, and so much of it is closed off. You know, it's you've got to be a member of a a house or whatever in order to get into anywhere. And it's very, it's it's become very sort of exclusive and not that kind of open to people. And and I feel that that's one of the things I love about Birmingham is that we don't have a private members club because no one would join it because no one can afford it for a start. And so it's yeah. everyone's in the same pub in the same place. And you don't have that kind of tiers of people that you end up with in places like London and New York. So maybe maybe my instinct was right. Maybe I won't enjoy it. Why don't you go and do a show there in New York? There's a thought. Yeah, go and do a show and then see what happens. Netflix said that the American audience wouldn't understand my references. And I was going through them and it was like Lisa Scott Lee, Greg's, Alan Sugar. And I thought, what? yeah, fair enough. They're not going to get any of this, are they? <laughs> I did Canada once and I mentioned Silly Bang. Honestly, I've never seen Tumbleweed like it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Bab. Would you like a panini? We've got Parma ham, Wafersin ham, boiled ham, and Birmingham. It's a little joke, Bab. <laughs> You're a keen painter. You you are a culture vulture, aren't you? Do, do, do you go to all the museums and everything? I don't. No, not really. I like. I, I pop oh. in from time to time, but I'm not. Like, I don't love an art gallery. I think they're quite stuffy a lot of the time and quite boring. There are some good ones. We've done some really good ones um, on Travel Man, but they're they're good because they're t kind of different. I'm not that fussed about the kind of your equivalence of like the National Gallery or whatever. Although the National Gallery is really cool in London, but a lot of the places that have are are kind of quite. I find them quite dull and 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 not that sort of uh, inspiring, really. Um, so I don't do it as much as I probably could, but I don't. I, it's not what gets me going, really. I like to see what's going on with the actual artists that are working, who are kind of working on the sort of street level, for want of a better term. Does Joe Lycett ever complain? Fucking hell, yes. Literally just been sending an email to Deliveroo. They can get fucked. I, I ordered some groceries from them and like over 60 quid worth didn't show up. And they said, oh, can you send us a photo of, to prove that? So I sent them a photo of the bag that came and the stuff that they'd sent. And they said, oh, that's not sufficient evidence. I was like, what evidence do you fucking want? An empty fridge? Do you want me to butter a, a slice of toast that's in th like, butter thin air because there's no fucking bread? What do you want from me? Was absolutely fuming. Of you looking really hungry, rubbing your stomach. Oh, yeah. What proof? Like, oh, sorry, that's not proof enough. How do you prove the absence of something? I order something with Deliveroo. Now, this is really lazy, and people are going to be horrified at this. But in the next street, there's a Thai takeaway, and I couldn't be bothered to walk round there. So I rang up, ordered a Thai green curry, rice, and a spring roll. It never came up. So I rang the helpline. It was in California. Have you ever done yeah. that? 
Yeah. It was like, oh my God, I'm trying my best to find your spring roll and Thai green curry. And I'm thinking, basically, if I opened my curtains, I could see the Thai restaurant. I thought, is this technology <laughs> or what? <laughs> How lazy is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I think well, that's the service. The service is laziness. That's what they're. That's what they're appealing to. And if they're not, if they if the laziness isn't being fed, then they're failing. <laughs> but it was the, it was the arrogance with which they said, "Oh, sorry, that's not good enough evidence." And I thought, well, I'm having you. I don't complain in person really because um, I feel like people will say, "Oh, he was difficult" or whatever. Yeah. I definitely don't do a James Corden and kick over a chair in a restaurant or whatever it is he does <laughs> we've all seen your show where you are you do write you're good at the old emails aren't you and winding up and stuff but have you ever been genuinely pissed off i mean does a smoky room piss you off does a loud room skid mark on a hotel towel i have been raised to basically take anything so if something's and, and it's something that i don't think is a good quality about me but like essentially you could be you know, they could say like, oh, unfortunately, the flight is a little heavy in midair. That was a slight, it's a little heavy. We need to get rid of one of the passengers. Will you do it, Mr. Lysett? And I'll go, yeah, fine. And I'll just be pushed out of the plane. But I, I'm passive. I'm not, I'm not confrontational in real life in any way. I'm a coward. I'm an absolute little coward. And uh, it's not a good quality about me. It's something that I need to improve on, really, and sort of get better at. But I, I also, just the idea of, like, kicking off about something makes me cringe so much. I'm very much a no big, no, no probs if not kind of guy. I don't think that's an endearing quality, actually. Have you ever done that and not said anything, then slagged someone off and given someone a one-star review on TripAdvisor? That's exactly what I am. I'm sure at some point I've said, well, you'll be getting a tweet. <laughs> you'll be getting a tweet. Threaten people with a tweet rather than just actually dealing with the situation in front of you. Have you ever bought any shitty knickknacks? Do you buy that kind of... Will you buy a key ring or a mouse mat or a tea towel or something like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My friend ran a website for a while. It's probably still going, called The Shelf of Shame. And you were encouraged every time you went on holiday to buy a bit of shit from wherever you'd been. Like the, the go into the, the the shop that sells all the shit and find the shittest bit of shit in the shit shop. And <laughs> a lot of the kind of uh, British touristy sort of Spanishy places have amazing shops. And I think the yeah. favourite thing that I bought was a fridge magnet, which was a sun. It was a it was. As I'm saying this, like I, I don't really understand how, how it happened. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a fridge magnet with a sun and a face on the sun, but the mouth was like a cock in a smiley <laughs> mouth, and the, and, the, and the eyes were tits. And I think it just said it said around the top Malaga. <laughs> I think that's it. I just, <laughs> And, that, and, so, and they had hundreds of them. <laughs> That's yeah, so brilliant. Somebody must have made it and someone yeah. else must have said, that so good, we could flog loads of those. And then they mass produced them. There was also this, um, this little uh, robotic toy that I bought somewhere and it was a baby <laughs> dressed as a frog, <laughs> like toy baby's face, then with like a kind of frog costume on. And he pressed its hand and it would dance. And um, 
what was the song that it danced to? It was a Shania Twain, I think. And it was something about getting a No, it wasn't that. It was like something about getting a man. And it was just dancing about how it wanted to get a man. I brought it back and I was living with mum and dad at the time. And my mum, because it was so sinister, my mum would like put it in the bed. Like I'd come home from a gig and the, this fucking toy would be in my bed just under the covers. <laughs> God. So you know, speaking of Shania Twain, you know that bam, 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 man, I feel that's like, a, I'm a, like a Pavlov dog. When I hear that, bam, 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 I need to get to a dance floor. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Pavlov's gay. <laughs> Pavlov's gay. That's it. This is the last question before we start our descent into Birmingham. Now, this podcast mm. is universal so there's americans there's canadians there's australian tell me a secret place in birmingham because we all know the ball ring we all know dig is there like a bar a pub a park a museum something a hidden gem in mm. birmingham that everyone must come to mm. oh there's so many there's so many um I like a walk by the canal, just walking down by that canal and all that. It's gorgeous. Yes, the canal is is very nice. I mean, I'm not sure I'd recommend that as the as the hidden gem. Well, there's the bar, and it's not that it's sort of hidden, but it's the bar that we went to after the show, which not loads of people know about. It's called Passing Fancies in Digbeth, and it's quite new. And they do. I don't know if you had one when we were there. We we had they do a thing called a white velvet and it's i think it's two-thirds stella and one-third blanc de blanc champagne with a tiny drop of salt in it and they call it a turbo shandy and it's one of the most easily drinkable things i've ever had and you get so wrecked so quickly and it's so delicious so there's passing fancies which is great and that's in digbeth and there's a few little spots around digbeth which are really good digbeth's worth checking out but also i think it's still there there's a there's a clothes shop next to Snow Hill Station, and I can't remember the name of the clothes shop. But if you go downstairs in the clothes shop, there's a there's like a wall of I think trainers or shirts or something. And if you open the wall, there's a little speakeasy behind it, and you can get little oh, cocktails in there. That is cool. That is cool. This is your captain speaking. We are on our final approach to our destination. Cabin crew, get ready for landing. Cabin crew, get ready for landing. Now we're about to start our descent. Quick fire round, my love, okay? Alcar or Algarve? Would you rather go to holiday with Portugal or on holiday with TV's Alan Carr? Oh, always with you, always with you. Oh, you are sweet for saying that. Mojito or mint tea? Mojito. Of course. Travel insurance or no thanks, I'll take my chance. Oh no, I'm a stickler for the rules. Travel insurance. And I'll go uh, to any destination in a full beekeeper's outfit for safety. <laughs> and last but not least, tip them or fuck them. Do you tip well or do you think, fuck you, I'll never see you again? <laughs> uh, I, I think both at the same time, but I tip them heavily, even though they've given me terrible service. <laughs> oh. oh, Joe, thank you so much for flying Alan Air. What a, what a pleasure. Thank you for flying Alan Air.
Oh, Joe, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on my show. And listen, I absolutely enjoyed being on Late Night Lights. It. Check it out Friday night on Channel 4. It is an absolute ball. See you soon, guys. And don't you ever forget. Life's a beach. Life's a beach.